0: Welcome to the Elite HRV Podcast, where experts share their experience using heart rate variability and other biomarkers to optimize health and human performance. Hello, everyone. This is Vivek Menon with Elite HRV, and I'm your host today for the Elite HRV Podcast. And Today, I'm delighted to actually welcome back Jonathan Moore, who was with us a couple years back. Seems like an entire world away. It it does, doesn't it? (laughs) But uh, hey, Jonathan, how are you?
1: I'm great. Thanks, Vivek. Uh, Wonderful. Thank
0: you. Well, thanks for coming back on. I know um, it's been busy for you. Just a quick background for folks that didn't hear Jonathan when he was with us earlier. Jonathan, you have a background as a brain-based chiropractor, and you've been doing it for over 20 years, clinical experience. Uh, Jonathan's main focus over that time has been on really the impact that stress has on the brain and the actual physical results of that, that stress overload has on, on mental and physical health. And this is really important because the continual rise in chronic health conditions that Jonathan has seen and helped people with was really startling evidence that something more needed to be done. And so in recent years, Jonathan, you founded Legacy Coaching as a way of helping people to navigate the stresses of life, including all the fun stuff the global pandemic has created for us here. And uh, so now Legacy Coaching is really positioned to help people over 35 who are feeling exhausted, stuck, or unstable, really just suffering the effects of a changing world that is almost too busy to keep up with and to really grow from that into a place of living with energy and clarity and confidence. Um, And Jonathan, your passion is really helping people to break out of this rut and to experience a life that is full of purpose. And I personally, I love the term legacy coaching because it is really tied into that that mission. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get into that. But uh, yes, welcome back.
1: Thank you so much. It's it's great to be here. Lovely.
0: Excellent. Well, you know, we have a lot to cover here. I know you've got some really interesting um, experience that, that you wanted to share. But, you know, first of all, maybe maybe what I'd love to start with is this, you know, it really feels like um, everywhere you look, particularly over the past year, as we get to, you know, almost, almost our first anniversary of lockdowns and pandemic mm-hmm. and everything else that's happening, at least in the Western world. Um, what are you seeing in terms of people you deal with in your practice in, in a, are they in survival mode more so than ever before?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I guess I do wear the two hats, the the coaching hat and the chiropractor hat. Um, and, uh, the thing that ties that together is, as you said, Vivek, the number of people that are sort of stuck in this place of survival uh, and just the, the load that that's having, especially as time goes on, especially as, uh, as you mentioned, we're, we're at a, a one year anniversary of, of this, this whole sort of uh, changed world, so to speak. And, and uh, yeah, the, the load that that just continually creates and the wearing down that that's having on people is just, is across the board. And yeah, um, it's almost like nobody's immune to it in some ways, um, but uh, on the other hand, there are there are ways and there are people who are sort of navigating through that in, in a much better way. Uh, certainly, a lot of people though who are just feeling under pressure, under the pump, and just can't sustain that that same intensity.
0: Mm-hmm. And and you know, I know you and um, Jason have got into this uh, from the last conversation. And for folks that want to listen, you can just search Elite HRV and Jonathan Moore. But yeah. there's actual real physical changes happening in the brain as part of this this constant load is that is that
1: true oh oh one hundred percent yeah I think um then when we look at uh brain physiology and we look at what happens is we're all wired to to know how to survive uh it's it's an automatic a response that will happen in the brain and interestingly the brain will prioritize survival over everything else and so as soon as uh, the brain perceives, even if we're not conscious of it. As soon as the brain perceives a threat to our existence, to our survival, it will change its whole chemistry, or change its whole physiology to help us to get through that moment. Uh, and if that if that change is sustained, then we it's possible to see physical structural changes in the brain as a result of this ongoing stress and survival mode. Absolutely,
0: and. Yeah. And is that something that in in your, in your experience as a practitioner, you've, yeah. you've really been targeting from a chiropractic standpoint, I've always been very interested in understanding whether, you know, practicing as a chiropractor, you're dealing with, you know, skeletal and muscular issues, yeah. or whether you're actually dealing with deeper, more fundamental things happening in somebody's physiology, including the brain.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, it, it's, a, it's an enormous misconception that chiropractic is all about the musculoskeletal system. Uh, there are a lot of chiropractors who focus wholly and solely on that. And that's that's absolutely fine. I, I don't have a problem with that per se. But for me, um, maybe 16, 17 years ago, I started to look a little bit deeper because it, it seemed to me that the musculoskeletal stuff was a surface-based challenge and I wanted to know what was driving that under the surface. And so I dove deeper into the neurology, dove deeper into what was going on uh, at that level and and almost came back to some, some core uh, principles that, uh, that the brain drives the function of the body. And so if we can start to shift the brain's control and and communication through the body, we can start to see not only the musculoskeletal system change, but but other systems of the body change as well. And so that's been my uh, focus in practice. There's there's a branch of chiropractic that deals with that. And, and that's been, I guess, where I've uh, worked with the most. And so that's opened up a world of possibilities of being able to help people in these stressed places to, to actually get out of that survival mode and to start to have I guess more internal resource ultimately to be able to deal with what's going on around. I, I guess when I talk about it to people, the focus is, and this is the same through the, the whole coaching realm uh, for legacy coaching is that what we can't necessarily do is change what's going on around you. But what we can help with is to help to make you stronger in the midst of the challenge. And so think of it like this. Imagine you're in the ocean and the waves are getting big. The waves of life around you are getting enormous. A lot of the time, there's nothing we can do to change the waves. But if we can help you to be a stronger swimmer, if we can help you to have a more internal resource to navigate the waves, then sooner or later you'll be able – the waves will die down and you won't have been drowned in the process. And so that's a, a lot of the – I guess the thought process and the the, the structure around um, how I work both in practice and, and from a coaching point of view.
0: Mm-hmm. That that makes sense intuitively because, you know, we – and we 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 work with HRV biofeedback practitioners and one of the things that the practice that is designed to do besides you know the the breathing changes is what what they call resilience to stress and ability to navigate stress and yeah. so it seems to make sense with what you're saying about it's not about avoiding stress or eliminating stress but just being able to deal with the stress in such a way deal with those giant waves in such a way that you don't drown so that that does make sense and you know I was just curious how what is the difference physiologically between someone who's you know in that deep survival mode barely yeah. you know keeping their head above water versus somebody who's you know maybe climbing out of that is there yeah. something that you could see physiologically that's different in those situations? Uh, so-
1: yeah, certainly the whole physiology changes. Um, I, I talk about neuro uh, brain changes, neurophysiology in a moment. But but again, just to, to recognize physiologically what will happen when you're in that stress and survival response is your body will prioritize uh, getting you through it. And so let's imagine instead of waves for a moment, we've been confronted by a bear or we've been confronted by a lion. Uh, and I know some of the listeners. I, I'm here in Australia. We don't have bears. We don't have lions. Uh, <laughs> we have kangaroos. They're not really that scary. Yes. Uh, but I you know that some of the listeners,
0: of, you have lots of scary spiders. I know that <laughs> we
1: do. We do. But uh, but yeah, we can uh, we can deal with those. But in terms of something that you have to run from, uh, again, listeners uh, will have faced uh, bears. I'm not sure if you've fa- ever faced a lion. I'd love to know about that. But uh, but but certainly, you get faced with this moment and your brain perceives the threat straight away and your entire physiology has to respond in a heartbeat to be able to recognize I'm under threat. I need to decide whether I'm going to fight this thing or I'm going to run. And so it's called the fight flight process. Most listeners will have heard of that. Uh, I like to call it the wrestle or run journey is like, am I going to wrestle this bear or am I going to run for my life? And either way, my whole physiology must change to set me up for that moment. And so, uh, Obviously, straight away, we get a change in muscle tension and heart rate. Why? Because uh, everything's turned up with adrenaline, cortisol. We're we're in this place where we have to make that decision. Uh, We see a a range of other physiological changes. We get postural changes as we brace to, to again, fight or flight. We see changes in in blood pressure. We see changes in a a range of different things that are going to uh, facilitate this, this fight or flight. Um, The other thing that happens is things that are not necessary in that survival moment, the wrestle or the run, they get turned off. They get turned off, Vivek, because they cost too much energy Mm -hmm. uh, in the moment where you're wrestling or running. So what are those things? Well, uh, digestion costs too much energy when you're running from a lion or running from a bear. You need to divert the energy into strength and power, and so digestion will just get switched off. Uh, the immune system is an enormous cons- uh, consumer of energy, and so the brain will say, I don't need that right now. Mm-hmm. I don't need reproduction right now. There's a better time to reproduce, not whilst you're running from a lion. So it also, so, so uh, we'll switch off reproduction. We'll also switch off logical thinking that part of the thinking that comes from the prefrontal cortex uh, in the moment whilst running from the bear, one's uh, not deciding should I take the track to the left or to the right? Last time I was here, I think it was a little bit shorter to go to the right. So maybe I'll just head down that way. It's, it's just a, f- a flat out run. And, and so these things get switched off as a matter of survival, failure to switch off things like digestion or, or immune function, reproduction or, or logical thinking failure, to switch those things off may well result in being uh, caught by the lion. Why? Because we're pushing energy to places we didn't need it. So this is what happens physiologically, absolutely healthy, normal, practical response. It's it's the priority of the body to do such things. But the question is, how long does the pursuit with a lion or the bear last? It, It really is. It's going to be a short pursuit that lion's right on your tail and you've either got up a tree and got away from him or done something to get away or your lunch and none of it matters anyway. But if you've gotten away, it's a, it's a pursuit that might last at the most five minutes. I don't know Vivek, how how long are you running away from a lion for (laughs) Uh, for five minutes? 10 minutes would be a really, really long run, wouldn't it? And so, so the body is willing to, to make all of these drastic changes for that, that short Acute phase to say I have to get through this right now, but then we get up the tree. We then get up the tree. We got away from the lion. Uh, she's no longer interested, and so she's gone off to find a gazelle or something like that. And we're up there, and it's now the moment of recovery. It's now the time for the the, the recovery to happen to get out of that wrestle or run place, to get out of that fight or flight place, and now into a place where the body can reset itself, it can come back into a place of saying, I need to recover. I need to bring my heart rate down. I need to bring that muscle tension down. I need to now get blood to the organs that are going to help to restore me. And so immune system comes on. Imagine if we've got a claw in the, the, the back of the leg or something like that. Now the immune system needs to come on to heal from those moments so that when we climb back down from the tree, We've got the energy and the resources to do that survival response to wrestle or run once again, because there could be another lioness right around the corner. Mm -hmm. And so here's the thing, that acute stress response is beautifully designed for that short-term burst. But what's happening in our current society is that a year ago, we faced a global pandemic uh, pandemic. Leading into that global pandemic, things weren't wonderful in terms of the busyness and the load and the stresses that people were struggling with. It's not like we came into this global pandemic in a beautiful position in terms of our health, in terms of our, our, our ability to cope with things. Most of us were already tanked. We were already redlining it and, and really pushing it and then faced with something we'd never faced before. And so what's happened is this short term stress response has now become a chronic stress response where those very same things are happening, but they're not happening just for minutes. They're not even happening for days and weeks. They're now months and years that the body has been in a survival place and said, you know what? I need more muscle tension. I need a higher heart rate and more blood pressure. I need less immune system. I need, uh, I need less reproduction. I need less digestion and I need less logical thinking. And so all of a sudden, uh, what was to be a short-term response is now uh, is almost a, a pandemic of its own uh, where we're living in this place of chronic stress. And you can only imagine Vivek. What would happen if your brain was choosing to turn off your immune system day after day after day because of its overconsumption of energy and you needed to survive each day?
0: Hmm. Yeah, it, this makes complete sense. And, you know, there's so many sources of this kind of wrestle or run input into your mind and body, whether it's the, you know, anxiety of um kind of modern work-life balance whether it's the anxiety of the news which is worse than ever now with the pandemic whether stay
1: away from the news that would be my advice advice bit of number one turn off the news
0: exactly (laughs) right and then you know we've got the other things we're wrestling with you know diet and exercise and sunlight and sleep and all these other things that um all kind of contribute so i guess you know absolutely certainly i think the audience know, most of our audience knows about this and is, is using tools like HRV and many other tools to yeah. kind of lift themselves out of it. And how do you, what's your experience tell you about going from there in that kind of mired in that fight or flight versus something that mm-hmm. is a little bit more balanced and can, can, you know, prioritize healing and growth when necessary. And where does, where do, where do people go from there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the the opposite end of the spectrum to the survival end is the growth end. And it's a journey to move towards it. It's, it's, it's not a switch to flick. It's not just a moment of saying, right, today I'm, I'm going to choose growth. I think it's a good starting point, but we have to retrain the brain and the body that it really is okay. And so I, I love the whole idea. And in legacy coaching, we, we put three things around this this whole place, I guess, of, of how to move from a survival into a growth strategy. Uh, And one uh, is to take a holistic approach. So looking, Vivek, you talked about uh, sunshine and sleep and different things. Uh, Certainly taking a holistic approach around the way we move, the foods we eat, the amount we sleep uh, and the amount that we're stressed. uh, We need to look at that holistically. Mm. We also need to look at it from a brain basis point of view we can do all of the things from a health point of view to start to move into growth. But if we're still believing and seeing and living out of a survival place, the brain will always uh, uh, um, uh, sabotage our efforts to move into growth. Why? Because it says, this is the priority. We're still running. Mm -hmm. And so you might be getting great sleep and, and, um, and good nutrition and even good movement. But if the mindset is in such a place where you have to keep up the whole time, you have to be pushing yourself the whole time, uh, you have to prove something, for example, then that's going to undermine the efforts. So, so we look holistically, we look from a, a brain-based point of view, and we, oh, I love data. We love the data side of things because data never lies. And so uh, tracking HIV uh, is a fundamental part of knowing, are you moving from growth to survival? Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, from survival to growth. Uh, also looking at uh, tracking sleep is is critical. Uh, I think they're the, probably the two biggest levers to be looking at, of course, tracking activity and, and tracking uh, blood glucose, the other parts of data, but but really to know how well are you moving uh, from survival into growth? The biggest data pieces are how far into survival are you? And there's your HRV measurement of of stress and readiness. Uh, and then how deep is your sleep? Because that's your moment of saying, well, how how good has my recovery been? And that does obviously ties in beautifully with uh, the morning readiness score that Elite HRV does, and, and those sorts of things. Because you're understanding both what was my load mm-hmm. and how good has my recovery been.
0: Mm. And well, there's a lot to uh, dig into there. And with, specifically with sleep, is it a, a, a like are you waking up feeling refreshed kind of thing you're looking for, or is it something else? You know, um, specific to sleep quality or quantity? Or I'm just curious. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I think there's a lot talked about quality and quantity and which one's more important. And I'm, not, I'm going to sit right in the middle of that. I think they're absolutely both critical. Um, uh, I, I love that whole idea of waking up refreshed, waking up feeling energized and ready for the day. Mm-hmm. What that tells me is that during my sleep, uh, I've recovered from the load that I, I asked my, myself to do the day before. Mm-hmm. If I'm waking up tired, then I'm waking up in deficit still. Uh, I've spent more than I've earned, and now I'm in, uh, I'm in debt. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a common sort of way to think about sleep. Um, somehow in our society, uh, and this is sort of taking on a, a little bit of a philosophical place, but I, I think it's all part of it. Uh, at the root of all this is, uh, is how we think about ourselves and how we want to reward ourselves. And somehow in society, we're quite okay as a general Western population to live with a, a, a cash debt. We live on credit. We live on these things and we, th- we think it's okay. And sooner or later, we'll know it comes up and, and catches us. Uh, and I think the same mindset goes into sleep and energy. We feel invincible. Uh, we feel like we can live with that debt and we can just push on. But but sooner or later, it'll catch up with us for VEC And uh, it will have a toll, uh, which is much greater than a financial toll uh, in terms of living in a, a cash debt, uh, living in a sleep debt and living in that place uh, has major ramifications on health and,
0: and, uh, and life really. Right. That makes so much sense. So, you know, what's funny is personally we have a, in our family, you know, we have a, we try to, we try to hold ourselves accountable with sleep in terms of the amount of caffeine that we need to quote unquote function for the day. So, (laughs) you know, a bad day is like a, you know, multiple coffee day. Uh, a
1: three a three cup day today says days, that uh, yeah. I, I'm having a bad day today.
0: Exactly. Whereas a good day is like you know uh, a black tea day or a one green tea day, right? Beautiful. And Beautiful. a great day is a no nothing day. I didn't feel like yeah. I did anything. I just had something because I felt like it, and that's when you yeah. know that you're waking up with, you know, not in depth to depth to use your use your um your analogy. So totally. Um, Yeah, So that that makes sense. So then maybe going back to your earlier statement about what you're looking for, one of the things you said was you're looking for kind of a mindset shift. And that was really interesting. And so, you know, you could, you could have someone who's dialed in their nutrition, thinks a lot about this is, you know, buying all the latest gadgets and measuring, you know, a lot of things. And, but I think what you're getting at is they need a specific mindset as well in order to thrive as a, a, you know, a focus and a story beyond just what am I doing wrong? Is yeah. That- uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what, what you're sort of touching on there is what we've discovered is that the thing that holds most people back from getting into uh, the, the life that they would love, I, I guess the the place that they would love to sort of feel like they're engaged with life really, really well every day. there's, there's a, a million things you can do from a health perspective. There's a million blogs to read uh, and different things to, to do. Um, and the question is, why are so many people still struggling so much, even though they're doing all of the things? And, and you nailed it, Vivek. It comes back to the, the way we think. Uh, it comes back to the story of the life that we're living. And it comes back to the way that we view ourselves. And I think that those, those are key things to saying, if we want to actually move into a place where we're not constantly living in survival, but we are living in growth and it's sustainable, we need to start to look at other factors as well. Um, one thing I've, I've walked through personally and I've, I've helped a lot, a lot of people with is uh, the whole idea of living to prove something. And I know for a lot of people, especially the, the high achiever, we're kind of like, we're able to do a lot of things. We achieve a lot of things. We're able to, to push the boundaries of, of what's possible in our, our life and our, our business and our work and, and even our relationships is that at some level, uh, the lights go out at the end of the day and we're left with ourselves and we're left with how we feel on the inside and uh, I, I can speak of my journey and the reason I can do this is because uh, it, it, it's my journey, but I've seen it so many times is that when I'm pushing and pushing, and this is something that I've journeyed through, but when I was pushing and pushing and pushing, uh, there was this feeling of like, I, I'm doing this for, it sounds terrible and it's not ex, this extreme, but I'm doing this to prove to everybody else that that I can do it. Uh, and at the end of the day, making other people happy and feeling empty inside was holding me back from moving into the fullness of what's possible for me in terms of my life and my purpose and and my passions. And so to be able to shift those sorts of things, it's hard and it's challenging, but they are the moments that uh, one is able to go to sleep at the end of the day when the performance of life is all over, content with one's, (coughs) excuse me, content with oneself that what I've done today is to serve other people and is to help other people and is to, to move into my passion and my purpose and, and, and it's not to just prove to somebody else that, that I'm okay. It really, it comes down to saying, internally, I know that I'm okay. Internally, I'm in a place of strength and stability so I don't have to live that way because living that way will constantly have me checking over my shoulders to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. So talking about mindset, I think some of these things sort of weave in there and there's a lot of conversation that we could have around that. But, but yeah, that, that's a critical, critical point.
0: That makes sense as well. That's some you know, looking for external validation is always going to leave that feeling of potential, you know, whatever you want to call it, insecurity or insufficiency or, yeah. you know, um, underachievement versus finding yeah. the validation internally and yeah. you know thank you for sharing some of your background there is
1: yeah it's it really feels as, vivek sorry just to say it really feels it really leaves us feeling unstable because at the end of the day with those sorts of things if we have externalized our own um, stability if we've pushed that to the people around us and what they say then on any given day my day is dictated to by how well those around me are going. And so if those around me, those that I'm close to, that I work with or that I, I bump into time and time and during a day, family and, and, and friends, et cetera, if, if they're having a day that's not their greatest day, then maybe they won't validate me on that day all because of what's going on for them. But now my stability and my growth is completely dependent on how well they're doing. And it feels very, very unstable. It feels very much like, I can't be confident that today's going to be a good day because I hope that everybody else is having a good day. That'll boost me up. Of course, everybody else is thinking the same thing. So uh, we get stuck in that place and it's, it's a it
0: can can be a real rut. It's really, that's tough because, you know, and what's seems like what makes it worse is, you know, when you look on social media and (laughs) places where people tend to spend a lot of time on, especially now more so than ever, if they're, you know, um, stuck at home or not able to do some yeah. of the things they would otherwise do. Now you're getting that external validation quantified in terms of likes and shares and oh. you know, comments and things that just make it even more, um, yeah. even deeper. So it, how, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you actually, how, what, I'm just curious, how do you actually help somebody change that mindset?
1: Yeah, uh, I guess it's part of what we talk about in legacy coaching. It's it's one of the the three key fundamental parts of the system that we have, which is to to create that internal stability. And there's a lot of a coaching conversation that happens around that. Uh, again, uh, the the three parts that I see to helping form one's internal stability, and the first thing is one of self discovery. It, it has to be a place of of looking at uh, who I am and and that I want to grow personally. So the whole uh, thing around a growth mindset and that I want to grow to move forward is absolutely critical to helping me uh, discover who I am and, and that I'm okay, which is an easy phrase to roll off the tongue, but a, an enormous stumbling block for a lot of people to be able to say, you know what, I'm Jonathan, this is the life I'm living and I'm Okay. Uh, regardless of what people say and think, I know that I'm being true to myself and I'm walking out the journey that's in front of me and I'm okay. Very, very easy to, as I say, roll off the tongue. It, it, quite a, a large mountain sometimes for people to, to get across, but critical to move forward to create that internal stability. Uh, the next piece that goes with that, and I think as this is crucial too, I think they're all crucial just by the way, is our internal dialogue. How do we start to shift our internal dialogue away from a place that has a potential self-criticism and self-doubt sort of mixed in everything we're saying about ourselves and thinking into a place where we're actually able to, to see uh, how what's going on inside and speak life into that, to validate that and to encourage ourselves that I am okay. Our, our internal dialogue will erode every effort uh, to move forwards if that internal dialogue is negative. And so getting that in place, I think, is is absolutely critical. And again, just as an aside, at the end of the day, when we've done everything and we've moved forwards in every way that we thought was possible, what we're left with at the end of the day is our internal dialogue. And so I think it's absolutely critical to be able to to, to find the right things to say, not just to uh, find a, a a random affirmation that we just keep throwing over ourselves. That may be a start place, but there has to be a belief inside that who we are is valid. Mm. Uh, and the third part to it, if, if we started with like this self-discovery personal growth piece, if we then looked at what's our internal dialogue and how do we see ourselves, finally, it's what's the perspective do we have on our life, our place in it and the world around us. And so sometimes we can feel um, like, the world's against us, sometimes we can feel like we're the hero and nobody else matters. And, and and these are perspectives that can be shifted and changed. And I think getting the right perspective of where you are, how you serve, how you love those around you, how you love yourself, I think these are all critical parts to getting that stability place where you can feel that you're grounded, that your identity is secure, and that you're not looking for that external validation as we mentioned a few moments ago you
0: you mentioned a couple things there that's in that are interesting one is the the term hero hero Mm -hmm. on a journey and going somewhere and mentioned you know a a couple of other things that seem like they speak to you know finding a purpose is that is that a is that a part identifying what that purpose is and being able to rely on that for internal validation is that a is that a part of this
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, the part of the human condition, certainly in the Western world is that we lay down our dreams a lot of the time to pursue something that maybe somebody else told us was good or that uh, we wanted to do uh, to earn money, for example, to earn a living, even if we didn't love it, we didn't, it didn't really sort of jealous on the inside. We pursue these things and we lay down, uh, we lay down our, Uh, our our dreams and our passions and those sorts of things. I think that it is critical to know what the story is for your life that you want to move forwards to. Uh, I think unless we have a compelling story for our life, which incorporates the purpose for our life and and ultimately, um, I would say the legacy that we want to leave which again, by the way, is, is not just a, a cash legacy to the next generation, but it's a legacy of the impact that we've made on those around us and to the world. Uh, if we don't have a compelling story, then it's hard to continually be motivated and to pursue these things. Mm-hmm. And so I think finding a compelling story is also part of moving into purpose. And uh, part of the human condition, as I mentioned, is to to give up on dreams to pursue the logical thing and uh, often you sort of get to the, the middle part of life, that 35 plus age and sometimes scratch your head and say, you know what? I've, I've pursued what I was told to pursue. I have pursued finances. I have pursued a career. I've pursued uh, family. I've, I've accumulated things. And yet I come to this place where I'm sort of scratching my head and saying, what's this all for? Uh, how did I get to where I am? And, and I know for a lot of people that uh, that's satisfying, but for, for, a, a huge portion of people too, it can leave dis, leave people dissatisfied that they've done all of the things that they thought was good, even being abundantly successful in doing those things, but have this feeling on the inside. It's like, what is this all for? Where is this going? What am I doing with my life? And so finding the purpose around that and the compelling story and the direction to walk in is also critical in moving into a place where uh, life is moving forward, and we're not stuck in the rut of the everyday.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, we talk about that's really interesting, and we, you've mentioned the kind of expectations or definitions of success that are drilled into us early, early age, or by you know looking at the neighbors or whatever else. That yeah. that unfortunately, and in many cases, unfortunately define people's definitions of success and purpose. Yeah. And all that. Do you totally. see kind of the flip side to that, where having the right people around you uh, make a difference? The other direction, where it actually does kind of help you develop the stability in the story. How does how does a community, I guess, play into this?
1: Um, yeah, uh, community is critical. Uh, and I think finding companions on the journey of people who are going to help you to walk that journey is absolutely crucial to being able to sustain it. Um, it we have to surround ourselves with people who are going to call out the goldenness they're going to believe in us um, and they're they're not going to expect us to uh, get things right and be perfect all the time and so uh, the world is full of People who are wanting something from us and demanding something from us, and and really are validating us when we deliver something. I mean, that's that's kind of unfortunately, it's everywhere. Um, I think it's it's critical to be part of a community or a tribe of people who are going to call out uh, who you are, the truth of who you are, uh, what it is that you're passionate about, and help you to continue to move towards that because it does. It, it's against the tide of what is common. Unfortunately, I I think it's it is the it's the the rhythm of the tide of what life should be, but it's not the rhythm of the life of what is currently. And so finding companions, finding people who will encourage you, finding a community of people who will help us to move forwards into a place where the stories of our life uh, actually come together to energize each other uh, Mm -hmm. is is critical to getting to those those places where life is uh, is not a rut, is not a challenge, but is is we've broken out of that place and we're moving towards something that matters. It doesn't have to mean running away from your day job and putting it down and not earning any money and, and being a starving artist. So it's not that at all. It's to do something that actually matters to you on the inside. And that may be in the very job that you're in at the moment. It may be the very thing you're doing now, but shifting mindset into a place of, why you're doing this, why it's important. I think those things are critical.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, what What strikes me is interesting with finding that tribe, that community is, ironically, you know, our hyper-connectedness and social media and, you know, ability to to access pretty much anybody, anywhere, anytime might actually be a benefit in this situation in terms of being able to find yeah. people that maybe have, the right interactions with you mm. versus mm. the wrong ones. I, yeah,
1: definitely. And, and here's the two-edged sword of social media. Um, when it sort of when Facebook uh, emerged and, and Instagram emerged, let's talk about Facebook in particular. When it emerged, uh, it, it initially was about uh, being able to connect with people that you haven't connected with for a long time, uh, and and then it's it's become this this place that is about. Uh, putting forward your best life a lot of the time. Uh, and one would hope that it's authentic, but the, the truth is for most people, w- w- we know that it's potentially inauthentic. It's like, here's here's my performance life. Here's my show life. But the tr- the truth is I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. That doesn't meet Facebook sometimes. Although there is a portion of people who will use Facebook as a platform for that. Let's not go into that right now. But Vivek, what you're saying too, that the flip side is that um, communities and tribes can gather around a concept of encouraging each other and calling each other forward, calling the gold out in people that will help us move into a place where we're able to be grounded in our identity, to be stable, to be living a compelling story and living from a growth strategy so that now we're actually, there's a momentum. It's easier, it's, it's harder to fail it's easier to succeed because the the conversation is around moving forwards and is around the hope that that creates, rather than the the current rhythm uh, that we all become entrained to of life, where you've got to just keep wrestling and just keep hustling and just keep pushing and just keep proving. So, so I think uh, social media has a place that can be uh, brilliant. And terrible, and it's a matter of trying to shut out the distractions of the terrible and, and harness the the strength of the brilliant.
0: Yeah, it makes sense, and it's it's tough. It's 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 tough because there's so much. Um, what do we call? It? There's so much exploitation of psychology at play in in those in those um, experiences that it's sometimes really hard to to try to use it the way you want to use it. So I, I do understand yeah. that. Um, so then here's a kind of related question then is um, what is, what is success then for someone in growth mode? If, if you wouldn't mind almost like summarizing, Mm. because we've, you know, we, we started out on the health and getting the brain out of this autonomic (laughs) mode into a different mode, but, but it's actually a lot more than that, isn't it? It is. It's a lot more about being, finding that inner compass and then the, you know, what you build on top of that.
1: Yeah. uh, So success overall, I think is, um, I could summarize it in saying uh, to live with no internal conflict. Mm -hmm. So to live with no internal conflict means that we're at peace with ourselves. We're at peace with the journey that we're walking and the story that we're living out. We're at peace with uh, what's happening around us, both in terms of the stresses that we're facing and the conversation that's going on around us. And so we're internally stable. We're in a place where we're able to grow and, and navigate despite the storms that are happening, the stresses in the world. And we're grounded in who we are and why we're here. And so to live with no internal conflict, I think... I would say that that defines success, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely.
0: Wow, and and you know, then even when you have those quote-unquote bad days, that it's just part of the journey, part of the Absol- living out the story.
1: Absolutely, and if if you're connected to a community and to a tribe that is moving towards these places, then your bad days are places that you potentially can be authentic not to um, generate pity or they're there, it's all okay, but to be encouraged and to be affirmed and to be um, championed to continue to move forward, even in the midst of the bad days. Why? Because the community is a place of people that are looking to live with no internal conflict Mm -hmm. and looking to live in a place of uh, peace inside themselves and purpose as they express the life that they they're grounded in it touches those around them
0: and you know what's interesting is this this is you're you're advocating and and kind of building a a practice with results that blends you know spiritual and modern east west whatever the, whatever you want to call it you're you're talking about things that the wisest people of thousands of years I've talked about but also incorporating you know modern science behind things like nutrition and sleep and yep. brain physiology you're yep. incorporating modern communication methods whether it's social media or others to to find yep. that tribe you're you're incorporating HRV tracking and biomarker tracking and so that mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting to me that it's it's kind of like transforming it for the modern world but finding finding a way to thrive in, in with some of the advantages that we have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the principles of, um, uh, uh, that, that we're talking about have been encountered by humanity for as long as humanity has existed it is, is who am I? <laughs> what, what is my identity? What is my purpose? Why, like, why am I here? But, but what, what will my life be uh, and how will I express that in truth? And so, uh, I think that that has been a wrestle for humanity since the beginning. And so I, I think it's, it, it it crosses all generations. But as you mentioned, Vivek, we sit in a place where technology can be our enemy or our friend. Connectedness can make us feel more disconnected than ever or actually more encouraged than ever. And so it's a matter of harnessing those things, not letting them rule us, but but harnessing them to help us to answer those questions that have been in humanity uh, forever,
0: that makes total sense. And I don't know if you can hear this, but my younger daughter is crying because I, I think there was some injustice to her sense of purpose. <laughs> that was three, so you yeah, know yeah. she's three. I, yeah, yeah. Of course. It, it, anytime that happens, this this um, perspective and practice that <laughs> you mentioned really will come back the to top of mind yeah.
1: that's it <laughs> so, that's it so at the yeah. moment there's some inner conflict there for her and uh it's a matter of identifying what's what's created that conflict and how to find peace in the midst of it all
0: <laughs> right exactly well time flies i know we're um we're we've covered a lot but there's so much more we could just mm-hmm. chat for hours on this um yeah absolutely. i would love to you know have uh have another discussion to dig deeper into some of these kind of more uh this perspective around, okay, what do you, where, where are you going? What are you doing? How are you creating stability and creating this journey and story around yourself? Mm-hmm. But yeah. in the meantime, is there, you know, did I, have I missed anything about the, the, the perspective and the, the going from survival to growth that, you know, we, we should touch on.
1: Of Vivek, we we could, as you said, we could talk for hours about it. I think uh, we've given an overview, uh, and I think for the listeners to recognise that 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 survival is the priority of the body, but only for the short term. Uh, priority of the brain, but only for the short term, and so moving from that place is is critical again, we could talk for hours about what physiologically changes in the brain and what changes in terms of neuroplasticity and a whole range of things. Some of it is in the podcast that we, that Jason and I recorded a while back. So some of that's there, but again, we could dive deep. I think for now we've, we've covered off a a lot of, a lot of things and probably uh, it's, it's that the more you know, the more you know you don't know. I think we've opened a, a range of questions, and I'd love to to dive deeper into discussion about them with you at at a, another stage.
0: That sounds great. And then, um, in in the meantime, legacy coaching. If if anybody wants to learn more or to dig a yeah. little deeper, is that is that the right place to uh, do that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, quick background on legacy coaching. It, it was actually launched. Um, uh, back in 2016, 17, and, and we we're doing a range of stuff. In fact, we we're doing some stuff with Elite HIV in those days. Um, uh, I put it down for a little period of time to focus on my chiropractic practice. But uh, in 2020, I actually uh, sold that practice and merged it into another. So I now have a lot of space and a lot of time which is being dedicated to legacy coaching, which has now been completely reimagined into 2021. And so it's it's my main focus now. Um, it's it's about to launch with a whole lot of new content. Uh, a lot of the stuff we're talking about today is implicit in the the systems that we've built. And so um, if people are interested, the, probably the best thing to do is to to find me on Facebook. Uh, and I, I imagine Vivette, you can probably pop a link in the show notes or, or something, mm-hmm. is to find me on Facebook. It's it's Jonathan S. Moore uh from Legacy Coaching. And in there will be links to exactly what we're doing, um, what Legacy Coaching is about. Uh, there is a tribe that's gathering around these concepts. And so if people want to join the tribe, it's, it's, a, it's free to join that tribe. And from there, uh, there'll be a lot of discussion around these things. And, of course, if people then want to dive into the depths and go deeper, we've, we're uh, a little later this year launching our, our full-blown coaching program, uh, which I'm really excited about, and, and that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And so finding me on Facebook is probably the, the entry portal into that tribe. Uh, but also uh, that can be found through the website, which is just legacycoaching.io. So a little bit different, but legacycoaching.io. Uh, and you'll find all about me and all about uh, what we're building.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, and we'll, we'll put links in the show notes so folks can just check that out. But uh, yeah, that's great. I, I just feel like there's so many sources and people talking about you know, five tips to sleep, and this is the right diet. Mm -hmm. No, that's the right diet. And you know, it's easy, just just control how you perceive stress, and you'll be fine. And you there's just not enough people talking about purpose and and getting the right people around you. And even if you know, nothing else, just being immersed in other individuals who are starting to think the same way and asking themselves the same questions should be really beneficial so um,
1: absolutely well, I, I think a lot of those that extra content the five tips to this and here's the magic solution for that just can leave people a lot of the time feeling like it's something else to do and more to do and an extra thing and uh, mm-hmm. it sometimes it just adds load but it doesn't actually create breakthrough and um we're not interested in in just coaching for coaching's sake. We're not interested in just adding content for um, consumption's sake. In fact, there's a whole thing we talk about, which is the overconsumption cycle, which we won't even touch on just now. Um, legacy coaching is, exists to help people break out of the ruts that they're in. And what uh, what my purpose is, what gels me more than anything, is seeing people move into the fullness of who they are. Uh, and to live with no internal conflict, and and to see what's possible in that place, and so, I, I'm not interested in just content for content, sake, coaching for coaching's sake, programs for programs' sake. In fact, there's nothing that I I dislike more than that. What I'm interested in is is coaching for breakthroughs' sake, coaching for life's sake, coaching for people's sake. That's what really matters to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I understand it, and it's that's really exciting, and. Hey, listen, thank you for taking the time to share this perspective and this, this, just this, this opportunity, uh, it really, yeah. I can hear it comes from so much experience and thought and yeah. just, just, you know, learning by working with people. So um, we're yeah. happy to, happy to share this and I'm looking forward to another deeper discussion as well. So yeah, with, with that yeah. in mind, you know, again, thanks again for taking the time to talk. It's to a
1: pleasure. You. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and happy to continue the conversation. Uh, and if, uh, uh, yeah, we'll see where that opportunity comes up soon and, and be able to dive deeper and, and, and help out the audience that, are, that you guys have done so much great work with to help them to quantify where they're at. Um, and I think to, to take people into a place where they can take what they've quantified and turn it into some changes in life is something that uh, I'm loving the concept of working with you guys to, to see that happen.
0: Excellent. Thank you. That is, uh, that is our purpose. So
1: (laughs) yeah, beautiful,
0: beautiful. Cheers, Jonathan. We appreciate it.
1: Vivek, thanks so much for having me today. It's been great.
0: The Elite Academy now offers in-depth online courses on multiple subjects. So if you're enjoying the content of this podcast, but you're looking for a more structured and logical progression, looking at the science and application of these subjects, check out the Elite Academy at EliteHRV.com Academy.